welcome to The Sound of Design with Mark and Dan. And uh, we are extremely thankful that you guys have joined us. Uh, we are very, very excited for today's episode. Figure uh, today would be a great time to talk about uh, one of the most iconic speaker brands uh, that we've had. One of the, really, we should just call them an audio brand. I think that's probably more fair. Is, yeah. Uh, to call yeah. them an audio brand, uh, mm -hmm. and that is the one and only Sonos. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Uh, for folks who are uh, well initiated, they're going to know a lot about Sonos and they're going to have all sorts of uh, preconceived notions. A lot of folks have heard about them and we figured this is probably as, as good an opportunity to kind of go through some of their lineup. We'll talk a little bit about uh, some of the different speakers that they have, some of the different parts, some of the different pieces, how they integrate, how they work together, you know, some of their limitations, things like that. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I agree. I agree. I've been selling Sonos for, gosh, since 2009. And, uh, I used to carry a pre-set up Sonos kit in my car when I would go to people's <laughs> homes. It ha I had a Sonos bridge. Oh, that's um, awesome. So all you had to do is connect it to the network because in the past it just connected to the bridge. You had to have it. Right. And I had a Play 5 and a Play 3, and I would just take it in doing a console or just run out to my car and be like, hey, let me go get this. Let me show you how it works. And they'd be like, all right, I want, I want eight rooms. Here you go. Like, <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. Well, and uh, it's funny you mentioned that, you know, we'll, we'll kind of start a little bit with some of their history, which is uh, that they had originally that controller, right? Yep. That was kind of their main brain and it was a pretty traditionally designed distributed audio system right so mm -hmm. you know speakers throughout the house and you know everything's wired back to a main closet that kind of an idea and you know for them to be able to make that shift i mean was just pure genius and their focus on quite honestly sound quality right is been pretty incredible for a time when you know a lot of people had moved to MP3s, Napster, right? You're thinking about folks who have really kind of destroyed their audio quality. And here's a company who decides, you know, no, 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 no. we're just we're going to take you down that road again. Uh, <laughs> we're going to make really good sounding stuff and make it really easy to use and and things like that. So they're really a, a, a very, very cool brand. And we do a ton of their stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, and the fact that from time to time, they'll just send you an update and make your stuff sound even better, like, is pretty amazing. <laughs> you can't you can't do that with most other stuff, you know. This you is, really can't. Yep, like once you're in <laughs> and you're done, going back to our you know mechanical versus uh, uh, digital product, like the fact that it's a digitally based product, right? Uh, it's yep. pretty. Uh, it's one of those things that they've done really well. So. Um, Maybe by way of introduction, Mark, um, tell us a little bit about uh, Sonos for those who aren't familiar. Um, sure. About what it is that they do, uh, just on a real high level, and then we'll we'll deep dive from there. Sure. So Sonos, uh, when they started, they created a system that would allow folks to play music around the house um, from a digital music source, uh, whether that was your own music library or. Uh, really, that's that's where to start was Digital Music Library. There really wasn't a lot of streaming music outside of Pandora. 
um, which was a service they added pretty early on. Um, but they had an AMP, and they had a, uh, a Connect, which is what it was called, and then they had a uh, eventually added a Play 5. So um, what that allowed you to do was hook up a set of speakers using their AMP, hooking up a system to the to Sonos using the Connect, or getting that sound wirelessly to another room using the the five the Play Five speaker, uh, and that was it. And then they had a little remote control that had a screen on it. It was pretty cool. It was like a Zune if you remember the Zune back yeah, in the day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, it was it was pretty sweet. We used to have it on demo, and and it was great. We loved it. Um, and then as they evolved, it, it became more about, you know, more about the wireless speakers. Well, not everybody wanted this giant, you know, bookshelf size speaker. So they came out with the one, the Play 3, which, you know, RIP, I actually love that speaker. I agree um, with you. <laughs> I have one sitting in the room behind me. Um, it's not even plugged in. Um, and then the 5 got an upgrade and, and so on. And the, the biggest part was, you know, when they came out with the soundbar, which I don't want to get too far into it, but essentially it became the whole home music option for folks that, you know, wanted to be able to play any of the music on earth in any room. Yeah. Um, using an app on your phone. They did do away with the controller, unfortunately. But uh, as they progressed, it's it's... You know, now our probably our best-selling audio component outside of the premium space, and I'm mean, not saying it's not a premium product, but it because it really is. But uh, you know, it, outside of a comp- premium component audio system, it's our number one selling piece. Yep, absolutely, and I'm glad that you said that it is a premium product because uh, I think it is uh, kind of like marijuana; it's a gateway drug. <laughs> Man. You get into it, and it just takes you down that rabbit trail. So I, I mean mm. it in the best way possible. Uh, sure. If you're not if you're not used to having good sounding speakers, if you're you know kind of new to uh, that uh, that that space, and you're not really sure, Sonos is one of those places a lot of folks start, and that'll kind of get you bit by the audio bug, and then you can kind of go deeper and deeper into it. Um, so I apologize for my. Marijuana reference, but uh, you're good. You're good, man. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to go back to that reference because we always used to joke about it because uh, it is it is addicting. It is uh, everyone that you sold. You would always follow up with those clients because you knew they were going to buy more, myself yep. included. When I started, I bought a open box Play 5 and a bridge that we had at one of our stores here locally, took it home to my three-bedroom apartment. And I'm like telling my wife, I'm like, Hallie, this is this is awesome. Like, you have got to try this. And she's like, okay, like, well, that's fine. You got a good deal on it. I'm like, but you know, we got to carry the speaker room to room. The original Play Five had a handle on it, so you could carry it from room to room. You just have to unplug it and then plug it back in. Wait like 45 seconds to a minute, it would reconnect. And after a week, she's like, I, I want to play music in here and not take this out of there. And I'm like. I told you, like, you're going to want more of this. And they had just released the Play 5, and we got, like, an accommodation or something on it. So we bought a, we bought, uh, or sorry, sorry, Play 3. They just brought the Play, so we bought a Play 3, and that became our bedroom. And then I bought a Connect that went in my, my theater in our second bedroom in our apartment that we owned at the time. So uh, within two months, I had uh, four zones because I got one for my kitchen as well. So, yep. <laughs> which was open to the living room. It was an apartment, you know? Yep. So it, it, it's definitely a, a drug, so to speak, for the audio bug, to get yep. you that audio bug. Yep. Well, and 
I think the other thing that should be called out is a little bit about their technology. And this is going to apply to everything that they do. And I think this is probably the most important is that it's a network based product, right? Yep. It's a Wi-Fi enabled speaker. And for folks who are not technical, you know, there's a lot of similarities in wireless protocols, but there's some really important differences in wireless protocols and Wi-Fi can go through walls, windows and doors in uh, the average home or in a small apartment or things along those lines. And so mm -hmm. your connectivity, right, your broadcast range is a lot greater. So you think about this like you can have Wi-Fi cover a whole house. Bluetooth doesn't do that. Like, I'm sorry, but it, there's. And then you also have to consider that Wi-Fi enables multiple devices to be connected to the same network. So yep. said another way, you can have three or four or five different rooms all playing at the exact same time, whereas with a Bluetooth speaker at the time, it was one-to-one. -one. You were stuck. If I buy a nice Bluetooth speaker, and we sold some great ones. B&W had a really nice little one, and there was a couple others yeah. that I – right? Uh, and what was that one that we carried? Dang, I'm trying to think. Go ahead. I'll, I'll think of it. Go ahead. Anyway, <laughs> but my point is, like, that's great for one room, right? But if I want to go to that second room, I really want to get that distributed audio concept. You know, they picked up on the wireless uh, thing and just kind of went f uh, full bore with it. And, mm -hmm. and rightfully so. I think a lot of their success is due to the fact that they had, you know, the right idea at the right time. Um, but also, more, probably the most important is that they executed it right so the speakers actually sound very good. So from an audio perspective, they're pretty stellar. The amplifiers, right? Very, very good. The app, very reliable. It wasn't difficult to set up. It was very easy and still is, quite honestly, to this day, easy to set up and to go through a system. They do a lot of stuff automatically for you. And so you take that combo, right, of really well made really good sounding like it was just it, it had uh you know and i'm sure it wasn't easy for them to do that but in the end that's that's what they were able to accomplish and so i i give them a lot of credit for doing something that not a lot of other brands were able to do agreed agreed yeah and then when they hit the home theater space like i know i, I don't mean to get so excited but that was a game changer as well because now you know you could put I mean, it was really, truly one of the first wire, truly wireless surround sound systems that we that we carried at the beginning of their of the play bar, and that thing was. I mean, I I have one in the closet behind me, uh, but uh, it it was not the prettiest speaker, but it had you know nine different drivers across the the whole front of it, and it was again a, a literal game changer when it even came to sound bars because sound bars back then were Bose. Uh, a TV manufactured soundbar, I mean, Samsung, Sony, LG, or Sonos when they launched it. That's right. And it, you look at a company like Bose, no disparaging here, look at their product lineup now. The Lifestyle 650 just got discontinued like six months ago. They don't make a surround sound system anymore that's hardwired. Everything is wireless, even with Bose, yep. because of what Sonos did to the soundbar market. And, and I think in a lot of people's minds, too, um, you know, we see technology, we see wireless, and those two things go together. So you have this immediate assumption. You walk into a, to a store and you say, you know, I want a wireless solution. I don't want to have all these cords and wires and things like that. So I, I do want to call out uh, that 
they are still a powered speaker or an active speaker. Uh, they do mm-hmm. require uh, a power cable, so it's not truly, <laughs> uh, truly wireless. So you know that just you know with a couple of exceptions. So let's just say uh, you still need to plug it in. But that being said, um, really, really fantastic lineup. Really fantastic company. They do good work, and uh, just want to call out uh, a few of the specifics. So. Uh, today, if you were just looking for a couple of speakers, okay, um, and let's just say you want to do a stereo pair in a living room, in a kitchen, uh, in a bedroom, in a dining room, something like that, what of their speaker lineup would you go to uh, and why? Sure. So if you're just talking about getting some good music in a space, um, Sonos has uh, – a couple of different ways that they kind of break down their products. So they have a, what they're going to call a portable speaker, meaning something that has a battery built into it. Uh, there are two options there. Um, they have the theater options, which are soundbars and subs, but in the middle, they have their, their just what they call speaker or wireless speaker arrangement. So you have an Aero 100, an Aero 300, and the Sonos 5. Um, just different performance levels based on the functionality that you're looking for and, you know, the space that you're trying to cover. So if we're talking a small office, you know, um, I've seen it done in, in like lounges, things like that. A couple of Aero 100s would, would do just fine. And, and when I say a couple, I mean, you could do one because it's a self-sufficient speaker inside of itself. Right. But you can actually buy two, plug them in on each side of your room and pair them together in the app as a stereo pair. So it's now going to separate and do truly left and right and create a soundstage for you. Um, the Air 300 is a step up from there. Um, yep. More drivers on the front. Additional drivers at the rear that actually point up and around the space to, um, you know, I know we talked about spatial audio a few weeks ago. Yep. It gives you the ability to be more immersive in that space. So two of those would just give you a better experience uh and then you have the five which is the largest speaker with a built-in woofer um it is not set up for spatial audio but it's what i would consider as that you know that diehard stereo listener that wants the best stereo listening experience on a wireless speaker a pair of those is going to be the best solution yep absolutely and i'm glad that you kind of uh, qualified the Play 5 that way because we don't often think of them as competing in kind of that mid-tier bookshelf category. But yep. when you think about, you know, the cost and the price points, okay, let's say that you find a nice uh, integrated amp, entry-level Denon, like a, you know, you know DRA uh, 800 or something similar to that, right? You know, yeah. Five, yep. six hundred bucks. You get yourself a pair of bookshelf speakers, you know, five, six hundred bucks. You know, you're in that thousand to twelve hundred dollar kind of a price category. And if you were to compare that to two play fives, I would argue that, you know, you would have the same level of performance. Now, you may like this brand or that brand. You may like this or that. Like, all right. So let's take the subjectivity out of it. But from a class perspective, two play fives are phenomenal. <laughs> Like, they're good. They're, they're pretty good. dang good. Yeah. And uh, if you set them up as a stereo pair, to your point, 
uh, you're going to get, you know, some pretty good imaging and you'll get, you know, drums on the right and vocals in the center and, you know, guitars yep. to the left and like they'll do all the things. Um, and uh, so I definitely think they uh, they represent a fantastic, uh, fantastic option. And I like their Aero 100s just as uh, kind of like secondary spaces. You sort of called it out like a smaller office. I have mm-hmm. no issue uh, saying, you know, if I just want to have something, you know, maybe to just get started, see how you like it. I mean, that's not an expensive speaker, you know, so nope. to, if you've got, you know, a, a small office where I want to have some background music while I work and really just, you know, I don't want to have a huge financial commitment. I mean, that thing is fantastic. Uh, they make great gifts, phenomenal gifts. Yep. Like, you yeah. know, <laughs> I hate to say it, but they really do. Uh, so my brother okay. and mom have it, uh, at their houses already. So, uh, and, and the other thing I did, I did bypass this, but the subwoofer that I mentioned as part of the home theater, you can bring that into any of those stereo pairs and give yourself even more bass, uh, to give you that, you know, 2.1 experience over the 2.0 experience. Um, and they actually have two subs now. I I'm, didn't mention the mini sub, but, uh. Yeah. I know we really didn't get there yet. Yeah. Well, and that's fine. I mean, we might as well transition into it because I'll tell you the story. I'm in one of the demo rooms and the Sonos rep comes in and he sets up a pair of play fives. And at the time, I think it was the sub uh, gen two. Mm-hmm. And we listened to a track by Incubus and I will never forget Aqueous Transmission. Uh, one of my favorite okay. songs. Uh, it's really a, a, an amazing uh, song it has kind of this uh, Asian feel to it. There's some great flutes. There's a bunch of uh, traditional Chinese and uh, Japanese instruments, and there's a drum and all this. And man, I could not believe how good it sounded with that sub. I mean, I'm sitting there listening to this, you know, in a in a studio, going, "Wow, like this is <laughs> very impressive." Like, yep. And and to build that up with a wired system. You know, to get to that same level of performance, quite honestly, um, I think you'll get, you know, dollar for dollar. You've got some very, very staunch competition, but you got to do some a, a lot more work to get there. And I think that's really the big, big difference. You will probably get a little bit of a better result. You know, admittedly, you can tune mm-hmm. that sound a little bit more to the way that you like it. But it, again, going back to it, you know, for a plug and play solution, those things are awesome. You know. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's uh that sub, I mean, even to this day, I mean you and I have sold seven, eight thousand dollar a piece subwoofers multiples in spaces. And I'm not saying that an eight hundred dollar Sono sub is gonna beat a number twenty five from Rel. <laughs> I'm not saying that, so don't think I'm crazy. But for eight hundred bucks, it I mean, force canceling, I mean what's the the next I, price point that does that has two drivers that name at each other and cancel out vibrations. Yeah. Fifteen hundred, two thousand, you know, yeah. so it's it's really hard to beat at that price point. You it, know, it, for what it does. And it's got a lot of power too, and I'm glad you called out the isobaric uh design because it means that you don't have a rattle, so they're extremely flexible in terms of their installation. Um you don't have a lot of those issues where you do with a traditional subwoofer where it's down firing, for example, and you've got hardwood floors and all of a sudden like this thing is bouncing all over the place. And, 
you know, the missus comes in and looks at you and says, what did you put in my house? (laughs) (laughs) Right. I'm just saying like none of those things happen because of that force canceling design. Right. You have one subwoofer on one side. You have a second on the other. And again, they go in opposite phase to each other. So it's a really, really smart, really well executed sub. And their sub mini does a great job, too. Um, It does. I was pleasantly surprised when I heard that, quite honestly. Uh, it it doesn't do, I think, some of that really low stuff. Mm-hmm. There There is some physics limitations to uh, to smaller sizes and subwoofers. You know, that becomes instantly apparent. Um, but for what it is, right, you have to admit uh, they've done a very nice job with it. I agree. I agree. I was actually blown away, especially for its size, because it's like a wastebasket in your office, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, it just it, it packs a punch. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and you know we keep we keep talking about the sub, but you know, the sound bars. You know, I guess we can kind of transition into that. But um, I, you know, full disclosure, I own a Sonos Arc and a sub. Yep. In uh, my, it's it's literally my primary bedroom system. Yep. Uh, used to have a pair of Bowers and Wilkins speakers with a Bower Center channel and some wireless rear uh, kits that uh, with a wireless rear speaker kit that I used. And while my wife. Loves technology. She works in the tech field, too. It got to a point where it was like, is this really what we need in here? Aesthetically, <laughs> you know? Yep. Um, and really, she would have kept, she would have let me keep it because she's awesome. But at the end of the day, I needed some, we needed to take away those and put them in a different space. You know, we needed the, the space in our bedroom. So it it's, the Sonos Arc is, uh, I'm going to say, one of the best sound bars out there. Yep. Period. I mean, not dissing the, the Sennheisers and the Bowers and Wilkins and all that, but again, for the functionality, it's hard to beat. Yeah, and let's, uh, you know, they have kind of three different levels of soundbars that yep. are really fantastic. And so you mentioned the Arc, which is kind of their flagship, and that's their top line. Uh, then you've got a, a mid-tier, which is called the Beam, and then they just released the Sonos Ray, which is a little bit of a step down from that. Um, and the thing I like about it, I mean, you say best and, you know, that needs, I think, to be qualified because I actually don't just agree with you. Right. Yep. The question is, and I'm going to use a, a, a Top Gear reference. If you're not familiar, it's this UK show, you know, car review show. And those guys talked about the worst car ever made being some really fancy Lexus. And the reason was, is it wasn't fast and it wasn't sporty and it wasn't this and it wasn't that. And even though it, and it costs a lot of money and all these other things, and they went on and on and on because the point was that they missed the mark. That's actually what the issue was, right? And mm-hmm. and I think when you talk about what makes a good soundbar, well, what is a soundbar? It's easy. That's the whole point. It's simple. I plug it in. I connect it. I walk away kind of a thing. And in that mm-hmm. sense, even though there are probably you know some soundbars – that could maybe have better frequency response or maybe a better this or a better... I get that. But as an all-around, when you really think about, well, what was the point? Well, simplicity, ease of use. I just want to plug it in and and know that it's going to work. I don't know of another soundbar that I could put in my grandma's house and not expect to get phone calls. (laughs) Uh, Even including some of the TV-manufactured soundbars. It's... Kind of amazing, <laughs> to be honest. Yep. yep. Yeah, I mean, I had, 
prior to moving into our house uh, in our last apartment, uh, I had a Samsung uh, TV or sorry, Samsung. Yeah, it was a Samsung TV at Plasma. Yep. Um, in our bedroom, and it it had played musical TVs. That's how it got there. Uh, and I'm like, you know, hey, I, I need a better sound solution. And it was, you know, Black Friday. I'll buy this Samsung 500 series soundbar with the wireless rear speakers because you know I've got to go all out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and even with Arc, then I mean, this is probably four or five. Oh gosh, I've been in this house five years, uh, six or seven years ago. <laughs> and it, it was magic, is what we used. We used to sell Arc, the ARC connection, which is how these connect, as magic because it it works sometimes, and then there are other times it's just like doesn't work at all. You don't know what's going on. You unplug it, <laughs> plug it back in, you do whatever, and then then you just give up. The next day it works, everything's perfect again. Yep. Um, They've really perfected that technology. I'm not saying you should live by it, but, you know, Sonos especially rarely have any issues. It's usually the television that's causing the issues because it's an older TV. Yep. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you called out ARC because uh, audio return channel, HDMI port, also known, uh, or you'll see, I shouldn't say also known, uh, eARC uh, as well. And mm-hmm. uh, just for the, you know, the common uh, person listening that is not familiar with the, that technology, it allows the TV, when you turn it on, to send a power on command to the soundbar, okay? Um, and in this case, where we're going next, uh, the Sonos amp. And so they have one of those connections as well. So you talk about what does that mean? Well, it means that I don't have to have another remote when I buy this soundbar, it means I don't have to turn it on and adjust the volume with some secondary remote. I don't have to switch inputs. I don't have to worry about what connection is plugged into what. Okay, it's literally plug the HDMI into my television on the ARC port. Make sure I do the same thing on the soundbar, and then that's it. <laughs> it's set up to automatically talk to each other. And to your point again, going back to the TV soundbars. You know, if I have a Sony soundbar and I have a Samsung television, the odds of them playing nicely together is actually very low, right? Um, if I have a receiver, for example, and uh, and a television, and I use the ARC, sometimes it works well, sometimes it doesn't. It's kind of hit or miss as an overall technology. Uh, but what Sonos has done is they did their due diligence to make sure that no matter what you buy, you plug it in and it's going to work. <laughs> yep. So I don't know what I wish that honestly, whatever Sonos does, I wish they would tell the other manufacturers because it, it, it's amazing to me that they can do it, but nobody else seems to know how to do it. <laughs> yep. 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 So it blows my mind, man. Uh, I mean, uh, there would be so many systems that I've designed back in the day and you just be like, Oh, I can't run a new, I can't run an optical. Cause we'd always run an optical, right? Like, Run an optical cable because, you know, it's a backup. But there will be those jobs you get out there and you can't do it. And you're going to have to rely on ARC for some reason. Yep. And it was just you were praying, you know, oh, please, you know, work. Or you were selling them an Apple TV or some other device to, you know, circumvent the streaming features of the TV that they had to keep, you know. Yep. Trying um, to find some other way to do it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Or, or you do a traditional control system, right? You do a Savant sure. or a Control 4 or something along those lines. And yep. obviously, you know, there's, you know, if, if there's no uh, budget restriction, then, yeah, we could do that for everybody. But the truth is, 
that when there is a budget restriction, that sometimes can be, you know, pricing folks out. So all of a sudden, ARC becomes your your next go-to. And I think that was a really good um, – it's a, it's a really good solution. It's not perfect, like we've said. But, you know, I think more and more manufacturers are going to continue to go that direction. And my only concern – and I know I'm getting on a little bit of a tangent. But my only concern with that is I don't know that – Keeping those things automatic is really a good idea in the sense that there's no way to adjust any other settings. So when you run into Mm -hmm. an issue, your options are unplug it, plug it back in, hope and pray, right? Turn the commands on and off, right? And that's about it. (laughs) Like you can't go in and say, you know, hey, we need to turn off this, you know, we need to turn this on. We need another power command or we need a delay or we need a like none of that stuff exists. And so I still think there's uh, a large market of projects where you're going to go to a control system, even for just basic remote control functionality, because if ARC doesn't automatically do its thing, like you have to have some sort of a way to solve for that. Um, but I think as more and more uh, manufacturers, you know, if they can if they can do it right, if it's well executed, I have no issue with it. So, agreed, agreed. Yeah. So let's move on to uh, the amp and the port because uh, we teased the amp a little bit earlier. Uh, can mm-hmm. you tell me about those two uh, specifically? Because they're some of my favorite, honestly, uh, my favorite parts of the Sonos landscape. Yep. Yep. And uh, funny you said landscape because we can get to that in a second. Uh, So imagine this. Imagine this. Right. You've got speakers that you want that you love the sound of, whether they're bookshelf speakers or most of the time it's an outdoor speaker of some sort. Right. But you have those and you want to get Sonos to work with them. Enter the Sonos amp, formerly Connect amp. Uh, formerly ZP100. Um, (laughs) It is a current at the Sonos amp is 125 watt per channel, two channel stereo amplifier with Sonos built into the system. So it natively connects to the Sonos app. You connect it via speaker wire to those speakers. And now, boom, you've got Sonos music playing through those speakers. Um, outdoor speakers are what we use it for a lot. You don't see a lot of people using bookshelf speakers as much as I would. I mean, my mom does at her house, but it does because I I designed it, right? Uh, (laughs) Most of the time, time it's it's usually a pair of outdoor speakers, you know, Bowers & Wilkins, DefTech, something like that. Um, But recently, you know, last week we had Sonance on and... uh, you know, there's a six-channel option package that we sell with them that has six landscape speakers and a sub powered off of the Sonos amp for landscape audio. Now, it's not going to cover an Olympic-sized swimming pool, but uh, if you've got a small patio or, a you know, a, a smaller pool, it's a it's really, really awesome. And it's pretty inexpensive compared to the next tier up from them. So... Um, yeah, so that's the Sonos amp. I love it. I love it. Well, and honestly, so I said it's my favorite. It's a, it's a fantastic Swiss Army knife. 
uh, of a device. And and so I'll just give you a couple of things that are, in, in my opinion, incredibly important as a designer. So the first one is that it's about nine by nine inches. And I want to say maybe like two and a half tall, something like that. So from a physical standpoint, it's actually very small. Most amplifiers are built into an AV receiver. Well, that's a rack piece of gear. That's 20 inches wide by 18 to 20 inches deep by eight inches tall. So, you know, you talk mm-hmm. about looking at things from a design perspective. You say, I don't want to have this big, ugly box, right? That's half the reason why we throw them into these other rooms. Um, mm-hmm. We put them in a rack. We put it in a cabinet. We put it in a, well, you take a look at a Sonosamp, and we've been doing a ton of these recently. You can run speaker wire and an in-wall or in-ceiling pair of speakers or a passive sound bar, and that's actually the one I is probably my favorite, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can run those right behind the television. You put in this low-voltage back box, and the Sonosamp can live behind the TV. Mm-hmm. And so now you've got this ability to hide it, an amplifier, and you can get whatever speaker you want, to your point, right? Maybe I do want bookshelves. Maybe I want a set of towers. Maybe I want some electrostats. True story. I had a guy. <laughs> okay. And oh, no. uh, oh man, it's going to be. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> All right. So electrostatic speakers from Martin Logan. Okay. They make phenomenal and they're not inexpensive, by the way, but they sound fantastic. And this guy really, really, really uh, wanted some electrostatic speakers but he already had Sonos. He loved Sonos and he said, you know, listen, man, I want this ease and compatibility. And so we get out to the house and we're looking at it and we go through the design. And you know what? At the end of the day, we had this beautiful wall that was left of the fireplace. And we put an electrostatic speaker on one side and the same thing on the other. The wires went behind the television. So you didn't see any cords. You didn't see any wires. And we were able to get the Sonos amp behind the TV. So it really did look like these floating speakers, floating television. And we had all of the integration uh, with the Sonos system. And the TV was super easy to operate. He did nothing but stream. So, you know, he turns on the TV, amp turns on, speakers play fantastically. And could I have recommended a nicer amplifier and all this other kind of stuff? Sure. Sure. I probably could have, but in the end, it was actually the right move, and it sounded pretty dang good. <laughs> yep. It was so it it sounded great. So, uh, yep, I, I really do think it's it's probably uh, one of my favorite pieces. But yep. let's say that you had a receiver. Uh, let's say you've got an Atmos uh, surround sound room, uh, like a theater room or a bonus room or something, but you want to be able to play music up there. Mark, what piece would I use uh, for that? Well, Dan, you would utilize the Sonos. I'm kidding. Sonos port. <laughs> Sonos um, port. <laughs> uh, formerly the Sonos Connect. Um, and that that essentially is the same device as the Sonos Amp, just minus the amplification part. Um, so you can connect it via analog or digital coax to any amplifier that you want whether that's surround sound or an existing two-channel integrated or two-channel amp and that allows you to utilize your amplifier and speakers with that system um the the only different the other difference between the port and the, the amp is the amp does have that hdmi connection like the soundbar 
So when we're talking about playing TV sound, you can play it. You can connect TV HDMI to that. The port does not have that. It is strictly designed as a audio music. device. Yeah. yeah, for music and for well, for Sonos audio, and uh, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, and it also has an input, um, an analog input, which the Sonos amp does too, um, allowing you to plug in another audio source like a turntable or CD player or something else to distribute that throughout the Sonos system, which is something we've kind of skipped over and we'll talk about at some point here. Um, but that's that's what the port essentially is designed for. Well, uh, and I, I'm glad that you corrected me because it really isn't just music. You know, yep. you are you are correct. Um, <laughs> I like I like to think about them uh, in a music context, probably because I use them for distributed audio so much. Yep. Um, if I have a, a house we go out to and they already have a traditional in wall, in ceiling speakers have already, you know, volume controls on the wall. We're already, you know, have an existing system. We want to build some new technology on top of um, the Sonos port becomes a really nice solution. You can uh, get one of those to represent each room or zone, depending on how, you know, you, you break it out. Uh, in the home. And so, you know, in conjunction with a distributed audio amplifier, eight zone amp or a 16 channel amp or a four channel amp or something like that, you've got the Sonos brain power, uh, so to speak, to be able to feed into that system. So and you right. mentioned that you could connect a turntable. So could you tell me maybe the two ways that you connect turntables into the Sonos uh, ecosystem? <laughs> sure. Sure. So um, the most common way that we've done it for the past several years is utilizing an, an input on a Sonos device, whether that be the port, the amp, or a 5. The Sonos 5 actually has an analog input on the back of it. Yep. Um, so you could connect a CD player or turntable into this unit. Um, if it's a if it's a turntable, it does require a outboard phono stage in between your turntable and Sonos if your turntable doesn't have it built in already. Yep, I was going to um, say. So, but most of the time, folks have a turntable that have a phono preamp built in, so you would connect from your turntable into the back of the port on the audio input, and that would allow you to then, it would show up on the Sonos app as a line in. It doesn't show up until you plug something in. Yep. Uh, you name it turntable. And boom, you're just, you're playing your music. So you tur start your turntable. You can then play that to any Sonos device, whether that be the soundbar or one of their speakers. Um, recently, um, this is something that I learned just a few weeks ago, honestly, because you know things change so much. We actually carry a few options that wirelessly connect to the Sonos network. It is not made by Sonos. Uh, the one that I actually saw and integrated was Victrola. Yep. And it was like a $700 turntable. Um, so it's not, you know, it, it's not the $200 Audio-Technica. Right. Um, but if you don't want the hassle of having to have a port or spend $450 on a port when you don't need it, um, you buy this unit and it shows up as a wireless source into your Sonos ecosystem. So uh, I was actually really excited about it. Like, I was tempted to purchase one to try it out myself um i didn't do that 
but uh, that's fair. I might do it at some point. You know, we'll see. I don't. I haven't got to listen to records a lot recently, so I've kind of wanted to try to get back into it. So, well, and I think there's something to be said for, you know, and, and speaking as you know, audio engineer and you know, tech guy. I'm 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 thinking about a turntable as that fully mechanical, uncompressed audio process, right? And mm-hmm. so there's a part of me that says, man, why are you hooking that up to a wireless digital system? Like that doesn't make any sense, you know, in it, it from a technology perspective. And yet at the same time, if it gets you listening to music and it enables you to enjoy your music and have that connection with your an artist or with a song that you love and to have a good time with family and friends, then who cares, man? Like <laughs> like yeah, like what are we arguing about? I mean, the point of technology is for you to to do the thing, right? It's a tool. It gets you from A to B. Like that's that's what we care about. So, it, yep. if 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 that's your ecosystem is Sonos, and you want to have a turntable, then go for it, man. Um, yep. And don't think twice about it. Just make sure it works. You know, make sure you have a phono stage. Make sure that phono preamp is built in, or you know, get the Victroller or, or, or and, and rock. Like have a great time. You know. Yep, and and Dan and I we probably should preface this like you and I both are, own nice turntables on our main system. You know what I mean? So yes, we're we're not here to tell you <laughs> that we're replacing. We're throwing it all out today and getting Sonos, and that you know, hopefully that's not an overarching thing. It's it's all about what it does and the price point that it's at, right? Yep. So I uh, don't want to don't want it to overshadow the fact that it is you know there are better sounding options and especially when it comes to turntables if you're the 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 stereo person you know Sonos is probably an accessory and auxiliary to your system it's not you're not running your $1500 project turntable or your Macintosh MT5 through it you're just not yep well and, so. and I'm I'll tell you a story I had a uh, a guy who works in the music industry uh, as a client, and we built a listening room, okay? And we had a really cool uh, Yamaha integrated amplifier and a fantastic Rega turntable, and we did beautiful Kef tower speakers and, you know, KF92 subwoofer. I mean, everything was was all analog. Uh, and we ended up using a Sonos port as one of the options, right? And I say this to say, you know, you can have your cake and eat it too. Like that's the whole point. It, 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 when you get into this room and we did some cool things with like acoustic panels and stuff like that, but when you get in there, the whole point is to listen to music, right? And so mm-hmm. if I want to have that ability, then I should be able to flip the switch and do the thing, right? And, and, and that's the thing I think I, I most appreciate about Sonos as an ecosystem and as a whole brand, as a company, as an ethos, they really understand that it's about getting you to your music and don't let the technology get in the way. And I can't agree with that anymore. <laughs> as much as I understand there's parts and pieces, they do certain things. Um, at the end of the day, they really do understand. Let's let's get you back to the music. Let's get you to your TV. Let's get you to your movies. Let's get you into what make makes uh, what sense uh, for you. Mm-hmm. So they do one other category uh, that I want to touch on real briefly. Um, what if I wanted to take my music um, around, uh, maybe uh, be a little bit more portable than uh, permanently installed? 
what would I look at uh, from Sonos? Sure. So they have um, two options. You have the Move, or Move 2 is actually the new one, um, and the Rome or Rome SL. Um, I should say that there are certain models that will have an SL at the, at the end of them. Those signify models that do not have any type of voice control capabilities. Mm. Any of the models that, like the Arc, the, the Beam, all of those are going to have uh, a couple of voice assistance options that you can turn on or off, um, whether you, you're an Amazon or Google person, or if you're not either of those but you want the voice. Sonos actually has their own Yep. which is, it, it's, if you can read into it, it's all about privacy. If you're really concerned about it, it's literally just to turn your music on and off. And it and it still gives you that, you know, Amazon or Google functionality without giving your information to them, so to speak. Yep. Um, but anyway, back to the speaker. So the Move and the Roam. So the Roam is, is a very, it's the smallest speaker in their lineup. Uh, it's, you know, about the size of like a, a liquid death, you know, 12 ounce can that you'd get at, you know, at the gas station. <laughs> um, you know, I was going to say tall boy, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's about that size and it is a battery powered wireless speaker from Sonos, but it has the ability to, you flip a button on the back, turn it to Bluetooth mode, and it's now a Bluetooth speaker. So I love my Sonos sound. Uh, I bought one of these the day they launched. Um, I carry it with me. It's in my truck right now. Um, but uh, I used to have it in my backpack coming into work every day playing my theme song for the day. That was kind of one of my things I like to do. Nice. Um, <laughs> but it, that's it. Like, what? you want to go portable. Time uh, out. I, can, yep. I, need, I need to know what that theme song is. Tell uh, me it, what, was, what... it was Stone Cold Steve Austin's theme music yes! from WWE. Is what it was. <laughs> uh, usually. Or some, some wrestling theme because we were ridiculous back then. Um, okay, continue. I think, I think if I did that now, the kids that, you know, some of the kids that are there would be like, what is this? Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> that's either here nor there. Um, awesome. It's a portable speaker designed to be as portable as like some of the other Bluetooth speakers out there. But cool, I bring it home. It connects to my Wi-Fi, and I've got a wireless Sonos speaker. Um, the Move True. is a step up from that. It's uh, about the size of the Era 300. Uh, I actually compare it to the the old Play 3. It's very as close. Far, as, very, as far as performance, it's roughly that size, except it's just vertical. Um, it is a rechargeable. It, it's got a rechargeable battery. Both of them do. The, the Rome does not come with a charging dock. You can buy one. Um, the Move 2 has a charging dock that it sits on. And it's got this nifty little handle. So, like, mine are plugged into, because I live in a townhome, I can't wire speakers outside. Um, I can. I just haven't done it yet. Uh, it's got a handle. I lift it up. One's name, one name is Patio. So I just pick it up, and I walk out to my back porch when I'm grilling. I have two of them. So I can take one. Hallie uses the other one out front, so it's named Front Porch. But we know that we could bring them pair them together. But again, if I like that better sound, I can take one of them out with me, switch it to Bluetooth mode, and boom. Now I've got a Bluetooth speaker that's better sounding, that's got that Sonos iconic sound that I like. Um, but I don't, I'm not just tethered to my Wi-Fi. Yeah, and I think that's probably my favorite use case for them is not just around the house, but really 
if I want to go to the beach, I want to go on vacation. You know, we used to do this thing where we'd go to to the beach for a week and, you know, do a nice family vacation. And uh, Mm -hmm. anytime you go to a vacation rental, you know, the audio video equipment they put in there is just the absolute bottom of the barrel. Right. And I get it. It's a, it's a rental. I don't go there expecting to have, you know, a great AV system. Uh, I'm there for the beach. I'm there, but I still want to enjoy some music if the kids are swimming in the pool or whatever it is. Uh, And so it is, you know, small enough and portable enough uh, that we can do that. And, and I think that's one of the things that they've really touched on is, you know, it just becomes very versatile. That's mm-hmm. that's really kind of the thing I think they've really hit on there is use it how you want it. Um, it. And that's that's so, so, so key. So, yep. Yep. And uh, I mean, I use them quite a bit. It's uh, it's even during Halloween. Not this year. Last year, um, I uh, took them out on my front porch and I put them underneath my I've got some just decorative tables that are out there next to the chairs we have. And I hid them under there, and I just played creepy music for when kids walked up. <laughs> and it was, it was awesome because I didn't have to plug them in. I just take them out there, send them out there, and then when I'm done, I, they go back in and sit on the charger. Yep. Um, so uh, it's uh, it, it's it's great if you can't wire for outdoor. Yeah. Does it do as good as an outdoor solution? No, but um, like a permanent outdoor solution. But if you can't do it, they're great. Um, should should say that. You need you do need to make sure that you have if you're taking them outside of your home, but one you know around a pool, you got to have Wi-Fi around those spaces. Otherwise, they become Bluetooth speakers. That is correct. Yep, absolutely. So, um, Dan, yes. there's one more that I completely forgot about, and I think you completely forgot about it because we don't sell them that Sonos makes. There's actually another product lineup that we forgot about. The Symphonic. Yes. Yes. Uh, Sim- Symphonisk. Uh, it's it's it comes from the land of of Swedish meatballs. That is at correct. IKEA. Um, I was going to say the place that hates your thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, like I because we don't sell. I mean, you can only get this stuff at IKEA. Uh, they have a bookshelf speaker, a table lamp, a floor lamp, and a picture frame speaker. They uh, do. Have you have you seen this thing? I've seen I've seen them. Yeah. So. Uh, at first I was skeptical and I honestly, so somebody sent it to me on April fool's day thinking yep. that it was a joke. And then it turned out that the joke was on them because it was a real product. <laughs> and we were looking yeah. at it going like, Oh my goodness, this is crazy. Um, I have heard, um, one of them, I think it was the, the lamp I want to say that we listened to, uh, and mm-hmm. it was not, uh, terrible. It wasn't amazing. I'm not going to say anything you know, I'm not gonna you know oversell it or, or over talk about it or anything like that. But um, it was pretty cool to be honest, uh, because the whole concept there was really leading with design, right? And so mm-hmm. they wanted to make sure that they had an option for a well-designed, very clean space. But you are starting to see a lot more. Uh, products do this and Samsung's frame TV is a classic concept, right? I want a television. Mm-hmm. I also want art. It's like this marriage of two otherwise uh, disconnected uh, product lines or ideas or kinds. And so to be able to take that concept and put it in the music space is, is what they've done. Um, and it's really, honestly, I wish we had access to them because I would probably sell a lot of them. Uh, there's a lot of spaces where you could say, yeah, I can use a picture here. I could, very easily put, 
you know, a couple lamps in this room and, uh, you know, and to be able to double that up and uh, get a little bit of background music and some sound in there, uh, I think mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense to a lot of folks. So uh, definitely yep. it's an exclusive, I think, to Ikea, if I remember correctly. I don't it know is. if you can I don't think you can order them or something like that. But uh, if you happen to live around where one of those Swedish meatball places is. <laughs> Uh, definitely that's worth the, a drive. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only thing that hasn't come to Nashville yet. Oh man, um, we're, it's coming. I'm sure it's coming. It was. Everybody yeah. else is. Yeah. We, we can get into that. It was coming. They cut back a few years ago, but I'm sure they'll come here at some point. Yeah. The thing that blows me away. I'm just looking at it here. I don't mean to look away from the camera so much, but like the price points on these things, they're like 140 dollars, like the price of the Rome. Right. But uh, you know. Um, the picture frame is is pretty sweet. If you haven't seen it, look it up. Uh, it's yeah. 260 bucks. I mean, obviously at these price points, and if you haven't understood what we've said this entire time, you really do get what you pay for when it comes to, <laughs> to sound. But I mean, if I'm in an apartment or you know an 80 square foot apartment like they have in IKEA stores, yep. uh, and I need music uh, in that small space, it's going to sound pretty good. I think. Yeah, I, and I think, you know, again, going back to that concept, it's part of a whole ecosystem, right? So yep. if I'm thinking about this saying, you know, I want to have maybe a pair of uh, Play 5s uh, in a larger kitchen area or something along those lines, and I mm -hmm. want to have some music in a hallway that's off the kitchen, I I don't have a problem saying, yeah, let's go ahead and put a couple of those pictures up, uh, picture frames up, and let's let that music kind of flow through the house um and uh you know there's there's some other cool things that you can do uh with the sonos system because of its versatility um i'm reminded of a job we did uh a few months ago so very cool uh client uh he's uh, a really big classic rock and roll guy <clears throat> and not only does he like classic rock and roll but he especially loves like boogie woogie, you know, style rock and roll. Okay. Um, and Great Balls of Fire is this guy's favorite song. I kid you not. So we get to talking and um, we we start to realize like he's bought this baby grand uh, player piano because he can't play a lick. Okay. And so for those that okay. don't know, uh, and we've said it before, I'm a piano player. So like for me, you put some ivories in front of me, I'm going to play the song. I'm going to have a great time. Well, he can't do that. So he gets this player and the player has this function built into it where it pairs to a set of speakers. So the piano plays the piano part, but then the actual recording of the song plays through the speakers. Well, the speaker quality was not very great. And so we were able to get with a Sonos port and with a couple of uh, Sonos moves, believe it or not, we did Sonos moves. We put two of those on either side of the piano, and we were able to sync the player going into the port. The port went wirelessly to the speakers. We were able to get the sound uh, through that system. So it sounded like a live band. It was just incredible. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I actually I did I did uh, one of those those pianos too, but not. It was just a player piano, you know. Um, yeah. But not that type of experience that's actually awesome it was pretty incredible we had to set the delay times so just for future you know technical folks out there like you have to make sure that the delay is correct because there is one introduced whenever you do that but we were able to delay the keys um using i think it was called qrs 
uh, system, I think is the, the name of the player piano uh, software. Mm-hmm. But there was a delay that we were able to set, and I got it to, I want to say, you know, 200 milliseconds or 2,000 milliseconds or whatever it was. Um, and it was enough to be able to get that lined up. And, man, it was incredible, <laughs> to be honest. It was pretty awesome. So, uh all right. Uh, any other honorable mentions or things that uh, we need to uh, to toss in there uh, regarding Sonos Land? Um, no, not really. I mean, um, I know we 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 talked about. Let's see, what we could talk about. Did we talk about the Ray and the Beam a little? I know we mentioned them. Yeah, uh, some smaller sound bars. They're not five point one. Probably good to to say if you want Sonos integrated to your sound, but. Don't want to go all the way down to the arc. Definitely a good call out. Thank you for saying so. <laughs> yep. And the ray, the ray is the ray does not have HDMI. It's optical, so it, it's great for like gaming setups and sitting at a desk or something like that. So don't buy that in your living room and think it's gonna be like the arc. Yep. <laughs> Definitely not. But it, it's a cool piece. Again, you said it before for what it is, right? And yep. and I think that's really kind of the whole ethos behind Sonos is that for what it is, it's it's pretty awesome. Yep. yep. And, and I think the other honorable mention um, is uh, networking. You know, it is a Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi heavy device as that, you add more zones. A thousand percent. So you do want to make sure that, you know, your network is going to be able to handle the 32 zones that you're going to put around your house after <laughs> you listen to this episode because you love Sonos so much. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, true story for 32 zones, right? Yep. <laughs> oh, that's I awesome. Have, I have 14 in my house, and I don't have 14 rooms. So just, I'm ridiculous. <laughs> oh, I think the, awesome. most I've, the most I've ever done is like 20. I think 20 zones. Yeah, I think I've topped out around like 16 or 17 yep. or something like that. It's and, it's It was all Sonos amps, which was yep. kind of cool, but yeah. Well, and there's pros and cons to those strategies, but you know. Yep. Again, uh, and I guess the, the last thing I should say is it's not a dealer-based product, and nope. so it is a do-it-yourself style product. And I think you know we would probably put it into that category of prosumer, right? It's not yep. really all the way into the professional you know world, um, and so it does kind of bridge that gap. You know, coming full circle, it's you know just that it's it's just that one step up um, from uh, what you're gonna find at most retailers, and so. Um, yep. If you're you're looking for a good option, this is uh, the way to go. So, without uh, further ado, thank you very much uh, for uh, listening to uh, the episode today. Please like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, share with your friends uh, and uh, give us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. We'd love to hear from you. Um, but uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Yep. Happy New Year, everybody.